On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks have played 20 games, and we got 20 observations and questions, or something like that, about the Dallas Mavericks. What have we learned so far? What do we know? Where do we come from? Where do we go? I've done this before. We'll do it again on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Somebody say I'm just kidding. Do that got something to do with a child? <laughs> and welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and manager at the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for descriptions you don't want or need. And you can even renegotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can watch us right now. And stick around at the end for our uh, our surprise question at the end to uh, comment the question, the answer to the question at the end of the show. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the Friday fiend, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? 20 games in. 20 games in for the Mavs. Quarter of the season. It's pretty wild to think about. Um, you look across the league at like random things that have happened. Like we just saw uh, Tibbs the other day, just straight up say, Hey, it's been enough of Kimball Walker. <laughs> I've <We're>, seen enough. <laughs> yeah. And it's like pulling the plug. Like we have Derek Rose and quickly. And it's just a testament that, Hey, 20 games is like a big sample size. This yeah. is where we're at in the season. And, you know, for the Mavericks, you know, this whole pod is about kind of just this whole 20 game mark and what we've seen so far and these observations and questions we have still about the team, but where they're setting at right now, 11 and nine, they're fourth in the Western conference. You know, Memphis just moved up to 12 and 10. They just, I don't know, beat somebody about like 200 points. And somehow their point differential is still negative, which is absolutely insane. They won by 73 points and their point differential is still negative on the year. Yeah. Which is so (laughs) This in this team for the Mavericks, it feels so it feels so weird. You look at like best they have some good wins, but against the Clippers, you know the Boston game they didn't have Jalen Brown. Then they have that Cavs loss, that Denver loss, and second night back to back. They have all the things considered of the injuries of KP and stuff, and Lucas missed a few. And it's like, how do you how do we feel about this team? Twenty games in, how we touched on Jason Kidd on I guess it was two pods ago you know, basically 19 games into the season. I think the definition of where you would land on the Mavericks right now is very hard for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a very confusing team. They're they're just two games above 500. And the, you know, uh, like cleaning the glass win differential says that they're probably two games better than their numbers indicate. Like two wins better than their numbers indicate. So it's a 500 team, so which makes it a very confusing team. They have the talent to be a better team. They haven't been so far. So, We got a bunch of questions and observations so far about this team. So let's just go. We'll start with our observations, and then we'll get to the questions at the end. My first observation, the health of this team is is going to mean a lot, right? The the health of this team is going to mean a ton, especially Luka. Luka was out three games. Mavs lost all three of those games. Now they're all against... You know, quality opponents, two against the Suns, who now the Suns are the best team in the NBA right now. Clippers were two of the other ones, and the Clippers were, uh, Clippers were, you know, a a pretty decent team. They've sort of fallen off recently, but, um, but yeah, they're still, they're still a a decent team to play. They're 11 and 11. They're, they're 500. Uh, and the Mavericks are 11 and six with Luka. 
If they had Luka, do they win two of those games? Do they just win one of those games? And then all of a sudden, you know, their record's a little bit better than it is right now? Like, that's something we won't know. But the health with Luka, is, it's going to matter a lot. Um, KP missed five games. Mavs were three and two in those games. Brunson missed a game and a half. Maxi missed nine games. All those are going to start adding up eventually, and they're adding up right now. Uh, but we haven't talked about those injuries a lot when we talk about this Mavericks team. We talked a lot about the three-point shooting. talked a lot about, you know, defense. We talked a lot about Jason Kidd, but not a lot about... Hey, those guys missed games, and the Mavericks are suffered because of it. There's only been three players for the Mavs this season that have played all 20 games. Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith. Then you look at Maxi, Nilekina, and Porzingis have all missed a combined 19 games this year. And it's like just those three guys together. And no, obviously not at the same time, all that stuff. But it just... It adds to the kind of the mystery around how you define this team that it just adds to it, right? Like it's like they've had injury stuff. I know a lot of other teams are dealing with their own things. Like we could have Denver. we could be looking at, you know, like Damian Lillard's out for a while now, you know, John Morant, like Denver stuff. Like it feels like every team has some star that is you know missing right now, uh, or not playing uh because of you know, or like Kyrie or something. Kyrie, like anyway. Yeah. Um you know, like Luca, we've lost Luca for, for three games, we lost, you know, KP for five games, but they've dealt with their own injuries and it's just added to the mystery of the season so far. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting thing, but they're going to rise and fall and they're going to, they're going to go on that. Uh, another observation I have Jason Kidd is not as inflexible as I expected him to be. I honestly came in, I had pretty low expectations, but I, and I expected him to be, to really stick to stuff, right? To just not try to change. And we've seen three starting lineup changes already. Um, we've seen a bunch due to injury. We talked about those yesterday, but, uh, three, not due to injury. He, cha- he put Maxi in for, so, uh, Porzingis was out and he put Maxi Klebitz instead of Reggie Bullock after that 31 point nuggets loss. He put Willie Colley Stein in for Dwight Powell after that Clippers loss without Luca. And then he changed out Reggie for Dwight Powell and Tim Hardaway Jr. And Moses Brown after the Cleveland loss, like after big losses, he's changed the starting lineup three times in 20 games. And so. He's he's changed some stuff. He tried he tried the small ball lineup a couple times. He's tried some big lineups with Boban and KP. He's tried some stuff, and it's not been as inflexible as I expected. Yeah, and some of it's not just been after games either, or after losses. Like we've seen some adjustments happen at halftime. You know, I think it was a game earlier in the season that he just you know he didn't play Dwight in that second half. And, yeah, you know, he kind of went small and KP at the five a little bit more, and they end up winning the game. And that was a big talking point after the game. It's like, oh, he kind of made that in game adjustment. It's that yeah, it's one of our points that we've been talking about the past what well, few days, the past week that he isn't afraid to switch things up and to try things new. Yeah, and he's going to give – yeah, he's not. He's going to give guys a fair shake, it seems like. He's going to give the Dwight Powells a decent amount of time. It seemed like he was going to give Willie Colley-Stein, and now Willie's out with the you know sickness, and then now he's out personal issues. So he gave him a shot. He did not give Moses Brown a fair – he did not give Moses Brown a long uh, shot. Ooh. But that one uh, – I think he only needed one game for that one. But I, I'm interested to see what he changes going forward and what – what changes he makes. He made the, the Tim Hardaway Jr. for Reggie Bullock move in that last Pelicans game. Does he keep with it in this Pelicans game coming up tonight on Friday? And then the, another game against the in- incredible scoring Memphis team, <laughs> apparently. So I'm interested to see what he continues to change going forward. Yeah, so one of the observations, um, kind of st- if we just want to stick with the, that, the starter stuff and lineup stuff, the original starting lineup just doesn't work. I don't, I don't want to ever, oh, I don't yeah, want to yeah. see it again. Kid made it's, that change for a reason. Yeah, so 
just uh, some, you know, few numbers here. Remind what that one is. It is Luka Doncic, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, starting you know unit to begin the season. It started a few times here and there more. It's the highest uh, or the, the five-man unit that has played the most minutes for the Mavs this season at 103 minutes. Um, that five-man unit is a minus 17 net rating. Uh, it's not good. Ni- <laughs> 95 uh, offensive rating and 113. That's awful. 113 uh, defensive rating on 113. Um, Not as awful as I expected, but 95 offense rating is off. I've just seen enough of it. And it's done. And I, and I don't think we're like, we're alone with it. It seems like Jason Kidd's seen enough of it too. So that's just an observation I've had of like, Hey, the starting unit that that they have, they started the season with, it just doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another observation, the defense with, with Luca and KP, there's, I, I tracked all year last year the minutes when Luca is on the when off the floor and KP is on the floor. Those are the key minutes last season the Mavericks had to win. This season, I think it's a, they're a little different than last year. But with Luca and KP on the floor, the first season, so 2019-2020, defense w- w- allowed you know 112.2 points per 100 possessions. So not great, not 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 a good defense at all. Last season, 2020-2021. 120.1 points per 100 possessions. Brutal, brutal defense when Luka and KP are on the court together. This season so far with Luka and KP both on the court, Luka's been out for three games, KP's been out for five games. They were all different games, so this is a little smaller of a sample size than 20 games, but 108.2. The defense has been better this season with Luka and KP on the floor, and I think that that is because KP's been better, that KP's been able to move better, he yeah. looks better on defense, all that kind of stuff. I think that's... The, the sole reason for that, but I thought that that was really notable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think this is the best, you know, KP, I, I know KP popped up on the injury report again, you know, going into Friday night's game, but um, one, I don't think we even, we praise him enough for playing in that game the other day and playing yeah, in that true. game um, on Monday night. Now I'm getting my days mixed up. Wednesday the, Pelican, night? the Pelicans game, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday night. Him playing on that game really surprised me and, you know, twisting his ankle like he did or spraining his ankle like he did and end up playing, played well in that game. But he's just playing. He's playing much better. He's moving a lot better. I think this is the best we've seen KP play since the bubble. I would have, you know, I would go on a limb and say that. I think, you know, bubble KP, even before, At times, you know, the, yeah. even before the bubble, before everything shut down, there was a stretch there. You want to go see some like good KP numbers in a Mavericks uniform. There's that stretch there. Uh, before the league shut down that he was firing on all cylinders with that, but he's playing much better. And yes, like you said, it impacts the whole defense. I, I, when I was doing my notes and stuff for this pod, I was looking at, I was separating some things of like, Hey, what are, what are some things that look the same from last year compared to things that look different this year? So maybe, maybe coming up after uh, you do an ad read, we can talk about some things, uh, <laughs> uh, some things that look different this year compared to last year. Isaac, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? I mean, if you don't have Truebill, they, they will. Probably do, they will. They'll, yeah, they'll renew without your consent if you don't exactly. have Truebill. Isaac, do you know what Truebill is? Yeah, it helps you not auto-renew things. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. I'm the last one. <laughs> I'm the simply forgot about one. I just sign up for stuff. I'm like, hey... Like my wife, I just got this this subscription and we're gonna try it. And she's like, okay. Like, and then I are we still forget. getting BarkBox? 
Uh, we are still getting BarkBox. We love BarkBox. I don't want to. I don't want to cancel that one. But they can also help you renegotiate on subscriptions you already have. On average, people save up to seven hundred twenty dollars a year with Truebill. True, uh, your Truebill concierge is there for you when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions, so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Scams. Stop. <laughs> scams. Start canceling today. Both those words back to back. Start canceling today at Truebill.com/slash/lockedonNBA. Get. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more observations and questions. 20 games into the season, we got 20 observations and questions. Not each, 20 some odd. 20 some odd questions and observations. If you, get, if you listen to the show so far, if you've listened for as long as a lot of you have, you know numbers never mean anything. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. Remember, Lockdown Maps is free and available on all platforms. All right, Isaac. My next one. You said you mentioned a couple of stats that you have looking back to last season. I had one of those as well. The Mavericks, where they're getting shots is a really interesting thing to me. Because Jason Kidd in the offseason said, we're not going to just live and die by the three. We're not going to just rely on the three. Okay, well, they're taking the same amount of threes <laughs> as, as last season. Almost the exact same. Frequency of threes is exactly the same. 40% the crap, of their shots. I have this exact number. Get off. 40, I tried to do something that you wouldn't have. But 40% of their shots are coming from three. Um, yeah, and it's exactly, exactly the same. The Mavs are still living and dying by that three-point shot. At the rim, down three percentage points. So, so let's see. Uh, a little less of their shots are coming at the rim this season than they were last year down five percentage points since 2019-20. So the Mavericks have have taken less and less shots at the rim the last couple of years here, which is interesting. Mid-range shots, up four percentage points from last year. So the Mavs are taking the same amount of threes, shooting less at the rim, and taking more from the mid-range. They're up 7.7 percentage points since 2019-20. It's interesting what the Mavs are, are trying to do. And some of it is some of the mid-range stuff. I think it's because of Luca. He's taking some more mid-range stuff. Tim Hardaway is taking a lot more mid-range stuff. He's stepping in from threes a little bit more and taking more of those. The rim shots is because I, <laughs> Luca's not getting to the rim as much, and KP is not getting to the rim. He's not getting to the as, hole as, as, as much as he's as you know as, unless he's just finishing something else. He's not driving to the rim or or you know po- like his post stuff has all been a little bit farther away. But I found yeah. that interesting. The Mavericks last year, when looking at three-point shooting, they finished the year sixth in the league in three-point attempts, eighth in the league in three-point makes, and 18th in the league in three-point percentage. Right now, this year, they're sixth in the year in three-point attempts per game. Three, sixth in the year, sixth in the league in three-point attempts per game. Exact same. Eighth in the league in three-point makes per game. Exact same they finished last year. Same. And 17th in the league in three-point percentage. Last year, they finished 18th in the league. It, I think in my brain... This is the same team. I, well, I, I think in my brain that if I didn't look at that and I just based off what I've been watching, I would feel like this team doesn't shoot it as many threes as they did last year because they're not... If you just go off like what you, you've kind of ingrained in your you know brain of like what you've been seeing, the kind of the clunky offense and trying to get more you know post ups for KP and all this stuff, it's like oh yeah, well maybe they're not running as five out as much or you know they're you know small ball stuff, they're running so many bigs out there with KP and all this, and it's like all right, well 
They're kind of, they kind of are doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, last they kind of are shooting a lot of threes like they have last year. So another stat that I, I noticed, another observation, is the open three point shots. This is something everybody's been moaning about all season. The Mavericks can't hit any open shots. The Mavericks can't. Reggie Bullock can't hit the broadside of a barn when no one's near him. Wide open threes. The defender is six feet away or farther. The Mavs are fourth in the NBA in percentage. They take almost they take 17 and a half wide, Ooh. way wide open threes per game. And they're, they're hitting 42% of them. They're fourth in the NBA in that stat. So that one blew my mind. I was like, wait, I thought they were supposed to be really bad at those shots. So many people, so many guys are shooting really well. Dorian, 40% at four per game. Maxi, 52% at three per game. KP, 40% three per game. Tim Marty Jr., 47% two per game. So all these guys are shooting really well when no one's near them, like anywhere close. When the defender's four to six feet away, the Mavericks are shooting 28.6%. That's 28. Those are the ones we're seeing that are frustrating. When a defender yeah. is four to six feet away. So they're not super wide open to where no one is there at all. When there's just, you know, a defender has is is like short to close out, basically, is what this is what this says. That's when the Mavericks are really struggling. They're only making four and a half out of the 16 per game that they take. Uh, and this is one where people are really struggling. Luca is shooting the best on the team at 34%, six and a half per game he takes. Everybody else, Hardaway, Porzingis, Bullock, Brunson, Maxi, Sterling. Maxi's shooting like 8% on, on these type of shots when the wow. defender is that close. Everybody else is shooting like 20 to 30%, something like that. So the difference between those types of three-point shots, that's where the Mavs struggle. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> The Mavs, when they shoot over 30%, 37% on three-point shots, five and one this season. When they shoot between 32 and 37%, they're three and three. They're a 500 team. When they shoot under 32%, they're three and five. We're living and dying by the three, baby. <laughs> um, Can we look at the two categories I just have real quick? Like, If we keep on going, the things that are same, I don't really have specific numbers on a couple of these but just some like general over, like overarching thoughts of things that are the same from last year. I have two things. Okay, we just talked about how the threes are the same as last year. What else is the same from last okay, year? Okay, yeah, yeah. The Mavs are still dependent on Luka. Like, not not I, a surprise at all. Not breaking news here, but <laughs> 20 games in, if you thought going into the season, okay, maybe we, we don't have to be as dependent on Luka then you know we have some other people, like maybe KP or you know Jalen Brunson. If you're in that camp, I, I'm... You're not in that camp now. They're very dependent on Luca, like you said <laughs> earlier. They uh, are zero and three when Luca didn't, you know, didn't play. The other thing is, KP still missed five games. He's missed five of yeah. the, you know, twenty games possible. He's on injury report right now. And just the the conversation about KP's injury stuff, it just hasn't went away. I mean, and we've already seen games missed for lower back tightness. We've seen a sprained ankle. Sprain ankle. Now we have, uh, you know, left knee contusion. I think it's left knee, maybe right. Your right oh. knee. It's like so. That whole conversation is still the same thing lingering from last year. If we want to look at things that are left knee contusion for Portsmouth, left knee contusion. Okay. Uh, do you have anything that are anything else as far as the same before I mentioned two that are different? Yeah, there's a couple of things for, for the defense. I think that that is pretty much the same, the same as no. the same as last year. And this was actually one of my big questions for the Mavericks: Can the defense actually improve? Can the Mavericks actually improve their defense in any? tangible way because at the beginning of the season first five games Mavs are 11th in defense and we're feeling good they're you know allowing 104 points per 100 possessions we felt good this is the Mavericks ranks in defense every five games first five games 11th in the league <laughs> uh 
First 10 games, 15th in the league. First 15 games, 16th in the league. First 20 games. So right now, the Mavericks are 22nd in the NBA defense. Right exactly where they were last year. Like, exactly the same. Can the Mavericks find any kind of defensive improvement? Now, KP missed five games. Maxi missed nine games. That's huge for this team right now, defensively. Maxi missing is huge for this team. Those are massive. Absolutely huge for this team. So can they improve defensively? Is it only just those two guys playing? And can those two guys keep, stay healthy, basically? An, I guess that's another one of my big questions. Is can they stay healthy? But that's something that has stayed the same, is their defense. Coming up, let's get into a couple more things that the Mavericks have stayed the same and a couple things that are different than last season. How have they changed? How have the Mavericks been different? And it's a couple more big questions. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. I have just one little morsel of one left that i was eating earlier so let me do some asmr for this built bar read so weird it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar it's 100 percent chocolate they're delicious coconut brownie chunk four net carbs built.com promo code locked 15 Go get your Built Bars today. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Tons of great flavors, all kinds of stuff you can check out. Built Bar. They have white chocolate cheesecake right now. Caramel macchiato, if you're into that. Caramel almond delight. Lots of caramel flavors for the holidays. They still have the Paranormal Pumpkin if you want to try that out. That one's a puff. I like the Puffs Bars because they got that marshmallow in it. Go check it out. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into some more observations and questions 20 games into the season 20 observations and questions what's something that has changed from this mavericks team from last year jalen freaking bronson Woo! let's go I mean, great vibes now. it's great vibes like great vibes great vibes <laughs> no i mean this is the biggest thing for me i mean he jumped from uh, you know 12 points to 14 points he's averaging you know career high rebounds assists um, he's shooting the ball good this year. Three point percentage is at 35%, even though he shot 40% last year. He's just playing much better. He's basketball. shooting well. Superman shoots good. But he's just he's taking a, a he's taking a step forward that what we've wanted is it a step forward to where he is a all-star guard in the league. I don't know if it's that far, uh, but he's he's taking no. a step forward, and it's something that we we've wanted, it's something they needed. And it's happened. And it's 20 games in. I felt like I'm, I'm comfortable enough to say that he's taken a step. Absolutely. He is still, I think, the Mavericks leader in, you know, net rating as far as when he's on the court, the Mavericks are way better. Luka is still a negative in terms of net rating. When Luka's on the court, the Mavs are actually worse because when Brunson's on the court, the Mavericks are still really, really good. And that bench unit has been great. The, the Brunson, KP, and whoever else is out there. It was Frank. It was Bullock. But... He's the common denominator. Changed. When you look right. up any of the lineups of three-man units, two-man guys, you know, all this, like Brunson is the common denominator to all of them with the positive you, net that, ratings. That middle stretch of the season, that middle 10 games, basically, uh, from the Miami loss where he was great to the Clippers loss where he was playing without Luka, 18.8 points a game, six assists, five boards, shooting 53% from the field, 82% from the, li- from the line. Uh, that, that was a great stretch for him. He was, he was playing without Luca. Some of those games he's playing without KP. He was out there taking advantage of, of you know, the opportunity that was given to him. He's he's doing a great job. He's 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 earning yeah. that money, baby. He's he's earning that money for this offseason. And I do want to point out the defense too. What just so how things look a little bit different. I do think the defense has looked a little bit different. His and or the Mavs. 
Well, I, I want to say his a little bit, but the Mavs as a whole that, you know, even like listen, like Bob Vargas with Bill Simmons the other day on that pod, you know, he, they were talking about defensive coordinators and stuff. And they were talking about, you know, how Denver has a really good one. I, this could be a subtle shot at Mosley from Bob, but he was like, you know, look, he said, we had a defensive coordinator last year in Dallas. You know, that person's no longer there anymore and things look much different defensively, you know, this year in Dallas. I think he's he's fired off a few tweets and stuff. Oh, you think of, that's a shot at Jamal Mosley? Just a little bit, maybe? I think it's a it's he took he took aim at Jamal Mosley with that comment. Yeah, he he did. I was trying to, you know, be a little nice, but I'm not. I'm just uh, I'm not beating around the bush. He didn't beat around the bush. I'm not. But I think he, I'm, I could be mistaken, but I think he has, Bob has tweeted out a few times about kind of pray in a positive way, praising the Mavericks defense that it has looked yeah. better this year. And I, I, I agree. I think it, there has been spurs that they are trying some new things scheme wise, um, lineup wise, you know, with defensive stuff. So I do want to just point that out. Do I do, I know the numbers. I know they're still getting, you know, clobbered by really good teams but i do think there are at least signs of life with this defense that jason gets brought that is a little bit more uh, hopeful than last year oh yeah absolutely you, you change out a couple of these parts like burke played 62 games last year he's not playing that many games this year that's a that's a, a, a section josh richardson for reggie bullock bullock i think is an improvement on the richardson spot josh Richardson's yes. season's last year was just not don't don't at tweet at me. Don't tweet at me anymore. I've seen a few people tweet at me and be like, hey, Bullock for Richardson. Don't even. Not even a conversation. <laughs> Who for says me. no? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think that is that has been a, a pretty big improvement there. So add Sterling Brown to the rotation, then all of a sudden you're taking some minutes away from, from some of the other guys, the James Johnsons, the Nicolo Mellies, the Wesson Wondus, the you know guys that didn't, didn't really do a lot, and Sterling Brown's been better than that. So all that com- combined together, Porzingis being a lot better is, has a huge deal to do with it. That's some of the improved defense. Uh, yeah. And it's it's ranked the same as last year, but it does look a little bit better. Yeah. Another question I have is, um, I talked all about the three-point shooting. Talked all about how the Mavericks are still the, the exact same team from three. They still rely on the three-point. Is there another answer to the three-point shooting problem? Can the Mavericks come up with something else to where, all right, we don't hit threes in a game, we can still win. Is there another answer? That's something Jason Kidd, I think, that's something he has to solve before the end of the season if they want to win a playoff series. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the answer is this re- results in, you know, trying to get Luka the ball more you know, in the post. and But even in that post, a lot of teams going to bring the double, which results in an open three by the guys around him. Iztok, our, our friend of the pod, Iztok, did a really good thread on that the other day about Luka, getting getting Luka the ball in the post, making the offense a little easier for, for Luka. And that, yeah. That's key. Yeah, but but I I don't have his synergy numbers in front of me. I want to say that they're a little bit down this year uh, compared to last year as far as his efficiency in the post. But either way, he's a good post player. He's gonna he's a good post player because he can obviously score on almost anybody. But he's so smart, he can make the right decision. And no matter where he's posting up, if there's any type of double or any type of help defense, he's gonna find the open guy. They just got to make the freaking shots. So <laughs> that that's the only thing with that. They just got to be more open than kind of open. <laughs> this is the key. If we think about the numbers I shared earlier, uh, the key for this, the other answer besides three point shooting is Luca's got to be great in the post and great in the mid range. Can't be just good. He has to be great for the Mavericks to do that. Brunson has to be good because he he's the one that can also get his own shot in the mid range and do some other stuff and get a shot that seems pretty easy and automatic for him. 
Yeah. And then KP. It's KP in these shots that he takes, you know, 10 to 15 feet from the basket, five feet from the basket, where he posts up, gets position, does a little turnarounds that he can hit, the ones off the glass and stuff. That Those are the, the key to answer that question. Yeah. Couple other questions. Can the Mavs keep up their clutch record? They're six and three, fifth in the NBA so far. Can they keep that up? Because that's huge. Because that's the, that's maybe the big reason why their win differential is so different right now. The Mavericks have, you know, their numbers suggest that they should have two less wins. Well, they have two more because they've won two games in the clutch that they shouldn't have won, uh, and they did. One of them that 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 clip that uh, Celtics game, and the other one that Clippers game. Yeah. The, the Mavericks won real clutch game, real clutch time that Luca came out and a bunch of other guys did some stuff and. Uh, that's a huge thing going forward. A team that wasn't very good in a clutch last year. So it's kind of a right. switch, switch, switcheroo on that. We bemoaned them all season about that. <laughs> uh, can I give you one of my questions? No. Um, sorry. You can go with your next question. Can they stay healthy? <laughs> no, go ahead with yours. <laughs> that's a solid question. It's a great question. Can they stay healthy? I, we mentioned all the guys that have missed games. Luca three games. KP, five games. Brunson a game and a half. Those are all different games. <laughs> like yeah. all those games, none of those games overlapped, which is wild. Maxi missed nine games. Those over he, his overlap some, some of the other ones. Frank's been out. I did not expect at this point in the season, 20 games in, that Frank would be such a crucial part of this off. We've been saying, man, the Mavericks are just struggling. They need somebody to guard guards. Man, I wish they had Frank Nilakina. Like, I did not expect yeah. to be saying that 20 games into the season. <laughs> I'm so glad they took a flyer on him. Me too. Um Speaking of roster stuff, one of the questions I have 20 games in is how much does roster continuity mean to this front office? And I am so which intrigued. part of the front office? <laughs> the, let's just ownership. Let's put, let's put Mark Cuban over here. Okay. Because it means a lot think to him. about Nico, Jason Kidd, Finn, those, you know, Dirk, those guys. I'm just really curious on, and there's we don't know the answer to this, and we won't until we see the next you know two months play out. Basically, is just how how do they view this roster? Like, are they sitting back viewing this roster as, hey, this is incomplete. We got to make some moves if we want to, you know, make some type of title. We'll just we're, we're calling, we're figuring out what moves to make, but we're determined to try to do something before February. Or are they sitting back saying, first year with kid. First year with Nico, you know, we got we like a lot of our pieces. We were so close last year. Let's just see if the head coaching, you know, switch another year of Luca and, and KP's healthier. Let's just see if that what that can do. And let's hope we don't get the Clippers in the playoffs and go from there. I, I I'm fascinated by how the front office views this roster over these next two months. I just had a conversation with um with Tony East from Lockdown Pacers. They're having the exact same conversation over there with with Rick. All right, is it the coaching? Can you know? Can we see this roster again? The this this Pacers team has been really bad in the clutch this season, and they've basically had the same roster the last couple of years. Their numbers are down in uh, in some places and up in weird places. Can we see if it's coaching? Right, it's interesting that both these teams are dealing with the exact same question right now. But yeah, that was my last question: Is will Nico Harrison make a move? Well, yeah. he do something. We've already seen him move on from Josh Richardson. They said, "All right, that's not working. Let's we're, that's not coaching. Let's just get rid of that." If there, is there anything else on this roster that's not working that they decide to change and, and trade in the middle of the season? That'd be huge to to know what they think about this roster and and how big of a move. Like, how right. is it around the fringes type of move? Like, you know, a, a rotation piece off the bench. You're swapping out two for one, something like that, or is 
you know, does Nico really want to make a splash with this rotation, this roster and say, you know what? I really want to reshape this thing and kind of put my own, you know, imprint on this. And I, I just don't know. And I, I'm, I'll be as curious as anybody to see how these next, you know, this next month or so plays out. We'll be here every single day to, to break it down and talk about it. Last, last question here. Five-star Apple podcast mailbag question. If you want a question in, go to Apple podcast. If you, even if you don't listen to Apple podcasts, like all those people on Spotify rap, just go to Apple podcast. Anyway, leave a review for us, leave a five-star review, ask a question. We'll get it in. This one is from burgers with a bunch of Z's. Let's go. How would you guys feel about a trade for Marvin Bagley? They also mentioned a flyer on Cousins, but Cousins has already been picked up. So, Ooh. Uh, sign me up. I mean, it's the same conversation as Frank Nilekina to me. Of, uh, I would assume it would be a cheaper type of deal. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but... I think I mean, a flyer on a trade. Yeah, well, just like the concept of Frank Nilekina in the sense of... I mean, I don't think you would have to give up, you know two rotation pieces for Marvin Bagley. I like, I think it would be more of a swing, you know, swing for a type of move, see what you could, you know, what he looks like in another situation. And I just know that especially like, let's say they do a bigger trade with Sacramento and it involves like Harrison Barnes or a buddy heel or something like that. And they're looking for other pieces to put into that deal. Throw it in. I'm, I'm wanting Bagley in that deal. Cause in the same vein that you would swing for Frank Nilakina, high draft pick, that was just you know a top ten pick a few years ago. Marvin Bagley was in Lucas draft, like we all know, second overall pick. Sign me up. Like, let's see what he looks like with Luca coming off the bench and you know learning from Dwight Powell. It's like, hey, can you just do what Dwight Powell does and you know learn from him? Like, sure, sign me up. Let's swing for it. Learn from him, or what if they traded him for him? They have almost the exact salary right now. Oh, yeah, because he's second overall pick. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think I would take a flyer on him. But if I'm if we're going to yeah. maps are going to take a flyer on him, don't expect him to solve problems. No, he doesn't, it's a he's flyer. Not, he's not solving any of these. Pro- like he's Frank Nilakina at this point. Right. You bring him in and you say he's okay. the, he would be the Willie replacement. He would be the Willie replacement. He would come in as Frank Nilakina. Maybe it'll work like it has with Frank so far. Maybe it won't like it did with like Wes Wandu, you know, guys like that. Wes Wandu. Well, uh, all right. That's two Wesawandu references I made in this podcast. What is happening? Guys, if you're still listening at this point in the pod, I have a question for you to answer. In, in the, the YouTube comments. In the YouTube comments. You get a a staff Christmas like baggie on your desk <laughs> and you open it up and it, it's a secret Santa gift and you pull it out and it's a gift card. And what's the worst place? <laughs> what's the worst place that that gift card could be to? That Bed, you're like, and beyond. I have no that idea. You literally pick it up and you're like, why? What am I going to do with this? I will never <laughs> go into the store. Leave it in the YouTube comments. Cracker um, barrel. What? <laughs> this pod is brought to you by Cracker Barrel. Come, come for the biscuits, stay for the candy. Give them promo code LOCKED15 for no, 15, do, do not, do not 15% give cra- off the vinyl records. Don't give Cracker Barrel. For Dolly Parton CDs, 15%, 15% off. 15% off slightly racist vibes. 
for a jumbo Kit Kat that's like 25 bucks. For breakfast, you can make yourself at home 15%. Oh, no. Listen, I'm not going to let you slander Cracker Barrel that much. That's two times in one day I slandered, slandered Cracker Barrel in front of you. What's the worst gift card you could get from a, from a Secret Santa gift? Leave it in the comments below on YouTube if you're still listening. All right. I'm so offended about Cracker Barrel. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We will be back with a post-game pod after both games this weekend. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Leave your five-star Apple Podcast review with a question. Now, go listen to Locked On Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling got the best picks for you going into the weekend. It's free and available on all platforms. Locked On Bets. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Yeah.